0: Good morning, Some People's Kids podcast, Youth Pastors, complaining about the state of restrooms with other youth pastors. Dude, we got, okay. We got a man, Andrew, with Ian live right now on twitch.tv slash the underscore bronze underscore beard.
1: Which we'll change that up. We're, we're, we got to get it. We'll we get our We got to get it. Some people's kids. Some one. people's okay. kids. Okay. Complain about the state of bathrooms. So I worked at the Davenport Hotel here in Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Five-star hotel, famous hotel, and so I worked at the restaurants. I worked as a manager. I worked as a as a night manager of where I overlooked all the properties. You know, when things were really slow, I overlooked. They they didn't trust me during the day, so they put me at night. They didn't trust um, you during the day. <laughs> but when, at night, when things went bad, things went bad. But I had to go. That's and, what I hear. I hear
0: anything at oh, night. Oh man, night hotel crew,
1: service. night teams are amazing because when when things go bump in the night. They go bump. It's not a good Um, thing. So anyways, uh, maybe one day I'll tell us some stories from that. But so my point is, I was in charge of getting keeping quality control for a five star hotel at night as well. They were like, We want consistency all the time, right? So if someone gets nice service at three o'clock in the afternoon, we want them to have that same kind of service at three in the evening. I mean three in the morning, right? so i go in to these restrooms i make sure that things are picked up that the towels are where they're supposed to all that stuff so i still have that same mentality when i go into restrooms it drives me nuts you know what drives me but the yep. worst thing know. 100%, in the world for me 100%, 100%. the worst thing in the world going into, into a restroom is where the paper towel dispenser is out yes and they put the paper towels on top of the paper towel dispenser so you have to unroll it yourself oh, i hate that. that's so gross because You've just seen, like, you know, someone just used a restroom because you see their white, their 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 wet prints on that paper towel roll. Yeah. And now you've got to grab that same wet paper yeah, towel 100%. and unroll it. I hate that. I'm like, get your little key thing, unlock the paper towel dispenser, put it in. This ain't your home. Lazy. This ain't your bathroom. Putting the toilet paper on top of the gone toilet paper tube thing. Oh man, yeah. makes me yeah. mad, bro. No, it it's double professionalism. Mad. I'm just I, like, one of these days we should talk about. Uh, and you know who's the worst at it? Places that are the worst at it. Oh, we were gonna do
0: that details passage or details one.
1: Coffee shops are yeah. the worst yeah. at it. Drives no, I agree. Me nuts.
0: I agree. Drives me nuts. Uh, today though, we're talking about when to cut a ministry or when to what is it, when to cut a ministry yeah, yeah. when 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 we say to we're not going to do this ministry anymore something. have you had to cut ministries before i have i have had to cut full blown ministries like that i was leading out mm-hmm. of the church i had to cut
1: things um, this could have fallen under a hard conversations one it could have cuz this cuz this gets emotional man like people like i've we'll we'll get into this in a little bit but i've had people very upset about decisions Made to cut ministries um, because they just felt like that was a part of our church. Or that's what we did, and I had to really respect that and 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 take that into consideration. But the, the pe- people get really um, attached and committed to um, the ministries that have been going on. So uh, one time,
0: I I'm going to stick with um, youth ministry for a little bit, but also, so I cut a thing out of the youth ministry. And I think there, you know, uh, I got a little story for that. But then also, I cut a ministry entirely, like a just uh, the whole college ministry was cut from church. Mm. Um, so you said we don't like college students anymore. We don't need you. Uh, we do. So we do need you in the church. There are those two things. Uh, first of all, so I, my wife has always told me, like Ian, you're really entrepreneurial. I have a very entrepreneurial mindset. I have a lot of ideas. Of things I want to do, stuff I want to see, but then um, and thinking through a lot of details. But then she challenged me and she said, "You're not very entrepreneurial in ministry. This is a great opportunity to do, you know, in ministry of what to how to be entrepreneurial in it." Look at your wife calling you out. I know she's she does
1: it all the time. She just calls you out. Am I allowed to say her name on Twitch? Yeah, she's been a part of this. Okay, so Jess, Jess is awesome. Yeah, she just. She ain't afraid of you. <clears throat> she ain't afraid. She ain't and afraid, she ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs>
0: she she's so good at that too. Uh but I so I kind of took that to heart and I've I've started uh risking. And I it's I think a lot of the reason why we don't want to try new things in youth ministry is because we're afraid of the risk. Because and for good reason like in youth ministry the whole purpose is to bring kids to Jesus, right? And to build disciples mm-hmm you kids to have a long lasting relationship with christ and and that is hard to do yeah that's hard that's difficult so what i i have kind of uh had to learn was to risk in youth ministry yep and so i started like for example i started a youth ministry podcast after like what we've learned Yep. and it was for the youth group to be encouraged, and I, so I put a lot of effort in it. I did. I it's called the No Grow Show podcast. Um, uh, you guys can still kind of see uh, see it if you want to because it's still up. But it the whole purpose of it was to uh, encourage students. So on at uh, Southside, we're there for three reasons: Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Want to know Jesus? Want to grow Jesus? Want to show Jesus? And so part of the thing I wanted to grow in. Was we had youth group on Monday, we have Wednesday morning Bible study on Wednesday. I wanted a Friday morning pick me up, and so it would episodes came out every Friday, and it was but there was like three kids out of a forty five kid ministry that that listened to it. So I cut it. I risked it. It didn't yep. get a lot of feedback, yep. and <clears throat> then I cut it. So it didn't meet my expectations. It took a lot of energy to do, and I didn't have. Yeah. A lot of grind for it and I uh it wasn't giving me feedback. Yeah. or it wasn't giving me fruit. And yeah. I think so for to to kind of go to why would you cut something from your ministry? Uh the the main thing is does it produce fruit? Yeah. And how much energy are you putting in? Like it's kind of like a cost benefit analysis. How much fruit are you like are you getting any fruit out of it and are you getting How much energy are you putting in to get the fruit out of it?
1: Yeah, I I think that that's the question, right? Like, you know, what what is fruit in regards to a ministry? Are you seeing, you know, is it just a numbers thing? Which is which is an important question to ask. I don't want to diminish that. I know there's a lot of people out there like, oh, don't worry about numbers. Like, uh, did you just?
0: I'm waving at the. We got somebody new in chat.
1: Oh, am I supposed to wave too? Yeah, you can wave. I mean, (laughs) 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 what do I do with my hands? (laughs) We're, we're live on Twitch, so if it seems a little like, what are they talking about? And you're listening to the podcast, that's why. Um, but it, it, is it a numbers game? I think numbers are important to ask. Do we have anyone coming from our church, or are we just doing this to keep status quo? Um, I also think you have to ask, like, what is fruit? Are we seeing discipleship? Are people loving Christ more? Are they wanting to get into the Word and know Him more? Are they, want, are they desiring to be discipled? Uh, you know, to want to even bring friends. Like there's all those kind of thing, things that you have to ask. But also like one thing I have to think about too is what are my volunteers saying about this? What are yeah. my parents saying? What are the parents saying about this? What are the students saying about this? So the same way I think about my calendars as I'm thinking about three different people groups, I'm thinking about my volunteers, my students, and my and the parents. I'm also thinking that in regards to keeping ministries. do Do my volunteers have a desire and a drive to be a part of it because they're excited about it and they they love doing this work unto the glory of God and to exhort the kids to love in Christ more. Do the students get excited about it? Do they want to be a part of it? And and it's okay if it's just a small group of kids that get excited about it. That might be worth doing still. And then do the parents buy in in the sense of they maybe want to help with it or they want to take their kids to it, right? Mm. So one of the things we ended up cutting, um, I'll talk about a ministry we cut and how we replaced it, and I'll talk about a risk, talking about risks that we took this year. So uh, we used to do a uh, ministry called Camp Crush, which was for um, underprivileged kids in the neighborhood uh, at a certain school district, and we would take them to a camp with a local ministry here in Spokane, and we would uh, run a camp for them. And my our senior pastor actually started that 11 years ago more like probably 13, 14 years ago now, but started about 11 years ago. And uh, it it was really good then. We had a really strong presence in that school. We had a really cool program going after uh, school on Wednesdays. And then we kind of changed our strategy about three or four years ago. And we no longer did the um, ministry directly after school because we realized that none of the kids in our church could be a part of it. Um, And so we we ended up shifting, trying to marry those those kind of people, those those kind of groups together, kids from the neighborhood and kids from the church, because we think that the way you keep kids and students in a church is you introduce them to the community. And they fall in love. You hope that they build friendships and relationships within the community of God. And then they hear the gospel and they accept the gospel. And then they grow within that community. And that community helps carry them on through life. That's that's, I mean, we're all part of a community, right? The church. So so you hope to see that. Well, we changed that strategy. And we recognized that that camp ministry was affected by that. And so I came to our senior pastor one, one year. and I was like, hey, you know, this ministry that we do once a year isn't it is it's a ministry that, you know, we get some kids to it. It's not the numbers that this camp would like to see. So we're starting to feel a little bit of pressure there. And we're not really able to meet that because we don't have the same dynamic we used to with that school anymore. And so what if we sh- we switched to... Um, running a kids' camp that both the kids from our church and the kids from the neighborhood, because we had actually a really good relationship with kids from the neighborhood um, in a closer proximity. So we were seeing some discipleship happening there, some relationships. It wasn't you know as big numbers wise, but we switched it, and what came out of that was COVID. Was COVID, <laughs> COVID <laughs> happened, and we weren't able to Imagine. execute the going to like uh, a local camp around here with kids from the church and kids from the neighborhood because everything got shut down. Yeah, And then, and we were also going to try to do a summer camp with kids from junior and senior high. We've never done summer camps with our junior and senior high kids. Um, And we were like, if we got rid, if we didn't do that ministry, got rid of is not the way we say it. If we didn't do that ministry, we could actually do almost three different camps throughout the year and minister to uh, more kids and actually build that community and try to accomplish that Mm -hmm. strategy. But then COVID happened and we were supposed to go on a missions trip. Uh, to chicago with our senior and junior high students well that got canceled because chicago wasn't letting anyone in and so 2020 we didn't do anything because we just everything got, got shut down because of covid so then 2021 came along and it was like well hey we're going to try to go to chicago again with our junior and senior high students and we're going to try to do camp again well camp didn't happen for our elementary age kids because of covid stuff and then chicago got canceled again but they're like we can send you to a, to a different city and then one of my interns, Lindsay Marsteller, who's also my sister, shout out, uh, she was like, well, what if we just did something here? Like, instead of trying to go over like to another city, we're in a pretty big city here. Like, yeah, what if we, and, and in our local own backyard, we can be doing things? That's so good. we th- what came out of that was Crew Impact Week, where we do a lot of local ministries and serving the community here. We try to uh, involve the community, but we've also started... We we're actually going to camp this year with our k through fifth ministries. I think it's actually 3rd through 6th grade. But we're going with to that this year with kids from the neighborhood. People are sponsoring kids from the neighborhood. And we're actually accomplishing that, mi- that mission now. So kids from our church, kids from our neighborhood are going to spend three to four days together with leaders from our church, parent, adults from our church, discipling them and building community out of that. And so we're accomplishing that now because we took a risk by saying we're not going to do this ministry anymore that's been a part of our church for a long time some people uh, came to the senior pastor and me and said i'm really struggling with you taking this ministry away uh one lady let us know that she was struggling with that because she had been she'd been a faithful servant to that ministry for a long time and her heart was in a good place and we said we hear you we hope yeah. that you can um partner with us in these ministries to come that we're going to try to do. And she has, and she was a huge part of our first year of impact week. And I was super, super thankful for her to join us. And so, and and she loved it. She was like, this is awesome. She was like, "It was really hard for me to see that camp ministry go. But if this is the, the alternative, this is what we're doing instead. She supports that. And so, mm. um, you have to take that risk. Another risk we took this year is we didn't cancel the ministry. We added one. We added a ministry called Parenting Matters, navigating the teen years. And we're going. To, I think we're going to try to do something again in the fall of Parenting Matters, navigating the toddler or you know adolescent years or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's been a huge success for parents to come alongside with each other and, well, and go fit, through
0: life. That fits with what a uh, chat member is saying, just that change isn't necessarily bad and i think i think a lot of people fear that change like we did a vbs Mm -hmm. uh and our vbs was huge we went from we used to have like thousands of kids uh come to it we had a giant tent um but then when i when i kind of took over the you say thousands of kids yeah straight thousands thousands dang and and, but slowly over the years it's dwindled to like a couple hundred like 500 students yeah. And, which is still a whole lot of kids that you're trying That's to still a lot, dude. But it was like it was everyone from like kindergarten all the way to junior high. Oh gotcha. Now and I was really struggling because I had a I have a lot going on in the summer. Yep. So we yeah. actually as uh some people's kids are gonna be we're wrapping up our season two coming up um in a few weeks. But I <clears throat> I was really struggling with our VBS because our VBS would we would put so much effort and we would get a bunch of kids to go to it and none of the kids from the community would have any drastic amount of life change yeah and um because it was more like seeker friendly sure uh, but uh none of the kids would come back yep yep. we got no kids that would would come in because they they were dropped off by their parents because their parents were like here's a here's a here's a f- you know, a camp that you can go to that you can be a part of and I don't have to watch you for half the day. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was it. That was, I never got these kids to come back. So I had to work with my, my, uh, uh, fellow church team members to figure out like, is this worth doing now? We don't even do VBS anymore.
1: Yeah. What's that comment say? I like this that, conversation. Yeah,
0: Ukulele for Worship says, I like this conversation. A friend uh was lamenting yesterday over cl- uh closing one aspect of her ministry because a leader is mov- moving overseas. Change isn't necessarily bad.
1: Right. And, and 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 that that's a hard thing too where if if I'm picking up what they're saying is this ministry had to close because a leader is moving, mm-hmm. right? And, and and that's the question. And of nobody this, can pick it up. Yeah, that's one That's kind of what up. I'm picking up. Understanding is uh, that that's something you have to ask too. Is is this ministry dependent upon one person to happen? Yeah. And you have to like as a church, we have to ask: Are we okay with that? So we just had to make a change for a ministry that we've that we call Fun Fest, um, where it's a it's like a carnival for the neighborhood, right? We do a lot of like connecting um, ministries where it's like, hey, no, we want you to know we're present. We want you to know that you can come here and be a part of this. Um, so we have a fun we have a fun fest in the summer and a fall fest in the fall, obviously in the title um, that that happens no. uh, on either either on Halloween fest, or the weekend just push of Halloween. Over. Yeah, we just knock people over. <laughs> um, and so, but I recommended this year that we move fun fest to our impact week because it fits in what we're trying to accomplish during impact week, as well as we have the workers there. We have high school students, parents, instead of trying to add more to the schedule. And we've decided to do that. And there's been a great, um, support for that because it really falls on our senior pastor to make sure that fall fest, that fun fest happens in June. And now it doesn't solely fall on him because if he can't do it, then it most likely isn't going to happen. But now there's a whole team that's that's available that week to get that accomplished, and so, you know, for that kind of situation, it's like maybe it's healthy that, you know, now you have to look and go: Is that a ministry we want to keep? And if we want to keep it, well, then we need to figure out a way that it's sustainable long term. That, that that's the question you always have to have, have to have, have to, have, have to ask: Is is it manageable? And is it sustainable? Mm, if we're going to yeah. ask someone to do this ministry, we have to know pretty much exactly what we're expecting from them. And the reason why I say, you know, we you can't always know what to expect when you run a ministry, but you need to be able to communicate to someone, this is what we expect, this is what it takes to run this. Is this manageable for you? And is it sustainable over time? One person running a ministry isn't as sustainable as if you have a team or a committee or a, a good amount of buy-in that says, "Hey, this can carry on because our church values this a lot." Um, yeah.
0: So uh, ukulele for worship, just saying. Yes, teamwork is important, and what we're designed for. I like that. What we're designed for. That's we're a not, community thing, and, right? It's and that's so. Here's something for you. Uh, I know you were on a train of thought, but I'm going to take it from you. Yeah. T- uh. <laughs> uh. I me and a buddy realize that our church did not have a college ministry and a lot of people as you as you know uh, will come to the church and complain about ministries that don't exist and then the church will go oh that's that's a, great I'm glad you saw this need could you please help make this happen what's your plan to make this ministry happen they'll be like uh no you fix it yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. me and a buddy were like hey we uh, we just came out of uh, Moody Bible Institute we want to make this uh you this college ministry happen, and they were like, "Great, let's let's help you out. Let's make this happen." So we started it together, and we got a great college ministry going. It was it was working pretty good, and then it took this weird turn. uh for in that weird turn, uh, I know we're running a little over time, but uh, the for this episode, uh, was was that we got so many special needs students Hmm. and we were we were not equipped yeah and it it kind of made it weird only because like they would consume so much of me and the other leaders time yeah that we couldn't minister to the other folks that were there so they stopped coming and it, it was like a all of a sudden it was a special needs ministry and i was not equipped mm-hmm. neither was my friend to minister to these people effectively mm-hmm. and so the the college ministry ended up dropping off yeah and and that might be something that that happens to cut people off from ministry as well. Just like there's literally like what do you do in that situation?
1: Yeah, well I mean it sounds like there needed to be a special needs ministry. There yeah, we needed <laughs> just, a special needs ministry. It, just, it shows what was needed, but yeah, I think that what we're designed for, you know, I think it was uh Moses, right? The story of Moses and his father, was it his father-in-law who was like, dude, you can't do this by yourself. You need to train up. I mean, you see the 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 uh in the New Testament, there's always training up and and uh, equipping leaders, choosing leaders to, to run ministries um, that are needed. You see that in Acts. You can read that in Acts a lot. And so that's a great note to end on. Of If you want ministries to be sustained and you don't want to cut them, then train people up to run them. If not, if you don't have anyone to run it, it might be time to let go of that ministry. And that's that's something you have to shepherd your, your church through, shepherd your team through, even sometimes your students through. Um, to because people get connected to those ministries, they have memories and and their their feelings and their it um, changes, mind, heart. it changes their hearts. Heart. They just devote their time to it. So you just got to ask those hard questions and um, and be willing to follow the Lord's leading in that.
0: Guys, this is some people's kids, youth pastors complaining about the state of bathrooms with other youth pastors. Dang, take care, care of the bathrooms, and I know. Just don't. Just an air freshener would go a long way. Or eat healthy so that it doesn't smell yeah, so Yeah,
1: but don't come into my house's bathroom because uh, I be – don't nope, don't. We'll see you guys <laughs> for
0: the next episode coming out soon. And thank you for Twitch chat for hanging out with us. And we'll see you guys next time on Some People's Kids.